Rusty Quill presents. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome to the season 5 finale. I hope that you've enjoyed this whirlwind of a cowboy drama of a season and are pumped to see it off. Next week will be an intermission episode. I am able to produce these episodes at the rate that I do thanks to support from Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woe underscore begone. There you can find early access to episodes, instrumentals, soundtrack albums, Q&As, director's commentaries, and more, including the music featured in this episode. That's patreon.com slash woe underscore begone. Special thanks to my 10 newest patrons, Collective Solipsism, Dylan, Junio Usmani, Ash Cinder, Escherichia, Blood Mulch, Tired Drek, Joe Baker, and Pablo Neurotic for supporting the show. And now, without further ado, episode 60. Enjoy. There is one more ado, though. Warning. 
This episode contains violence as well as a loud noise, a timestamp for which will be in the description. Listener discretion is advised. And now, without further ado, episode 60. It's three in the afternoon, Mike. Are you planning on experiencing this day at all? Uh, Not if I don't have to, damn. This is no way to treat your brother on his last day on Earth. Uh, Michael, let me go back to sleep. You're not my brother, and as far as I can tell, it's not your last day on Earth, so just let me be. You can't just throw the fucking stuffed boar's head at me. That shit hurt. Hey, careful with that. It costs quite a pretty penny. Then you shouldn't have thrown it at me, asshole. Wait, it's only been a few days. How did you get it back from the taxidermist? It's been a few months, actually. Michael, tell me that you didn't abuse time travel to get your taxidermy back faster. Even if it's a lie, just tell me. Well, I'm glad I did, partner. I learned some interesting facts about our future while I was there. It appears we have abandoned this domicile in the intervening months, I'm afraid. Meaning? We don't live here anymore. No, I know what the words mean. What do you think happened? I think we're dead. Did you wake me up just to catastrophize to me? I wouldn't necessarily jump to that conclusion either. It's just that I have a plan that's going to get us both killed, so the timing adds up. Oh, that's easy. I just vote that we don't do that plan. Problem solved. Okay, but what if it's not doing the plan that gets us killed? Ty's on our trail, and it's only a matter of time before his goons show up for us. Okay, but do you have a plan, or are we just going to show up to the Flinchite compound and get shot into Swiss cheese? Of course I have a plan, Mike. It's been a few busy months this morning. That's literal? You're being literal? As per usual, I have got a lot done while you were sleeping. You might want to work on that. Work ethic is healthy. Let's hair on your chest. Oh, I can see that. So you were presumably fully clothed for whatever absurd mission you're about to tell me about, which means that you actually came home took your cowboy hat off, then took your shirt off and put the cowboy hat back on. Yep. I would say that I got dressed a few times. Seeing as how it's been 65 days since we last spoke, Mike. 65 days? You you were being literal about the months thing. Oh, God. I say 65 days. It's been a little over 1,500 hours, really. Days implies like a continuous flow when it's really a lot more back and forth than that. Sunup was 1,500 hours ago for me, Pilgrim. Oh my god, that's so dangerous, Michael. You didn't tell me where you were going, or even that you were going. If something had happened, I couldn't find you. I hid the fucking calculator from you for a reason. Come on, man. You hid it at the top of your closet. I'm not a nine-year-old trying to find the secret Christmas presents. I'm a goddamn cowboy. Nothing gets by me. 
And you're welcome, by the way, because I figured out how to get to Ty Betteridge. No, I didn't hide it in the top of my closet. I hid it in a locked safe. You stole the key. You didn't go to the Flinchite compound, did you? I did. For a couple weeks, at least. That place is locked down. Over could learn a thing or two from him. There's no sneaking in. There's no letting visitors into Tier 1. Zero bullshit. You can't get in unless you're supposed to be there. So it was a waste of time. I had to abandon ship. Okay, then how are we going to get to Ty Betteridge, then? Casimir is Berzina. The guy that we killed when Mikey was here? Are you saying that you know another Casimir is Berzina? Well, there's Kaz that lives in the apartment on the other side of the hall. No, I'm pretty sure that's short for Kaspar. You know who I'm talking about. I drew down on him and then backtracked to figure oh, out where he lives. that Casimir is Berzina. I remember now. Your mocking deflections are only going to make my tall tale longer, you know. So I camped out in front of this guy's apartment building for a while. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just showed up a month before we killed him and watched the place. Casimieris is a creature of habit. Went to work the same time every morning, came home the same time every evening, never went out. No kids, no spouse. After a while, I bugged the place, nothing. He might as well have been staring at a blank wall the whole time he was home. It's a case of highly disciplined information security. The Flinchite compound does not exist within the walls of the Kazimieris apartment. Okay, so his house was a bust too then? Oh, I didn't say that, and never interrupt a man when he's rambling. I did waste about a month of my life looking at nothing, but finally Old Familiar poked his head out. I've become something of a student of the dates and times that events occurred regarding Mikey's fourth challenge and the role that we played in it, having sacrificed months of my time and aging even further into rugged handsomeness in the process. So I know, for instance, exactly when I pulled the car over and shuffled Mr. Brezina off this mortal coil. That time corresponds exactly with the arrival of one Mr. Ty Betteridge to Mr. Brezina's apartment complex. As you know, I am a firm believer in coincidences, and this is absolutely not one of them. Could you tell what Ty was doing in the apartment complex? He was mostly just taking a good look around. I think he was trying to ensure that his little assassin lackey didn't leave a paper trail. Luckily for him, there wasn't any cleaning up to do. Luckily for me, I'm nearly positive that he didn't spot me, since we would have witnessed the fallout from that already. But he left the badge behind. Wait, you mean the RFID badge? To the Flinchite compound? Why would he leave that behind? To trick a cowboy into taking it. It's a fake badge. Bingo. So if you went to the Flinchite compound and tried to use it to get inside, you'd be... Yup. <laughs> Curtains. Phew, well that's a bullet dodge there, right? I, uh, might have walked straight into the trajectory of the bullet. Michael. I'm missing a big chunk of time, and not just the time that we're missing together. At some point, I traveled without my consent, and when I woke up, the badge was gone. Michael, that's exactly why you shouldn't use the calculator. I guess at least someone has our backs and issued a correction. It wasn't me. This is the first time that I'm hearing about it. I didn't suspect a thing. I don't know when you would have been both awake and sober enough to suspect something. Michael. Anyway, get your finest hostage taken attire on, Pilgrim. Today we are saving the life of one Mr. Casimieres Berzina to be used for our own personal ends. Wait, I missed a step here. We're saving Berzina? Why would we ever want to do that? It's not like we can just kidnap Ty. He wouldn't talk. I could kill Ty. That could be fun. But I don't think it'll get us any closer to answers. Berzina's an asset. We can dangle him in front of Ty in exchange for information. He can have his assassin back. But in exchange, we can learn what's going on. 
And if Ty doesn't give a shit about Berzina, we just correct ourselves. Abort mission. Everything goes back to how it is now. What do you think? I don't know. I can't point to any part of it and say that's definitely not going to work, but base has a no-hostage policy. They would flip if they knew that you were preventing the death of someone who threatened us in order to take him hostage for the hope of some information. Ever since Fuck we- base, Mike. How are you not getting that? I do not care what they instructed us to okay, do. Okay, okay, I get that. Don't get me wrong. I see your point. I'm on your side. I just, I see their point too. The hostage stuff has a way of not working out. It'll be fine. Or we'll die. I think it's about 50-50. But now's our chance. What do we have to lose? A lifetime of this living here? Come on, partner. Saddle up. Let's bag us an assassin. Okay, All right? okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in your corner. Let's do it. Are you ready to die, Mike Walters? What? No. Then we're not gonna die. Let's get ready. I don't understand how, for all of my protective blubber, I am still pathetically ill-equipped for cold. It was a frigid night spitting sleet on the night that Project 2 Bado was ready to bego. I made this pun right as Base was sending me and Hunter out into the field. The last thing that I saw in my own time period before being whisked away to the mission was Anne rolling her eyes harder than any person I have ever seen ever. She really isn't ever going to let me name anything again. The change in temperature between the warm and welcoming room at base and the apocalyptically cold stakeout at over made the effects of time travel worse than usual. I had an eye twitch for hours after everything else had settled down and Hunter and I were falling into a groove. Marissa loaned us the key to the spare cart, and we were sitting in front of what would eventually be my cabin, just as Marissa and Ravi had done. Hunter had a thermos full of soup and a thermos full of coffee, and I had a thermos full of absolutely fucking nothing because it had never occurred to me to bring hot food and drink with me. As a result, Hunter's disposition was brighter than mine, while I shivered beside him. You can tough it out, bud, Hunter reassured me. I activated my hand warmers and returned my hands to my coat. Hunter was looking absent-mindedly through the night vision scope that Marissa had secured for us, waiting to see if the man that we were looking for would show himself. When I was a kid, my dad took me ice fishing every year. You get used to the cold quick if there's no other options. I thought she was from one of those Arctic countries for some reason. Like the ones that have winter where the sun never comes out? Or at least your family was? Where did you get that idea? I sputtered through chattering teeth. Oh, I don't know. Something Edgar said about you speaking Swedish or something? Hunter said. You are not a foreign spy infiltrating an American governmental facility, are you? He laughed. No, nothing like that. Just the espionage you already know about, I said. And I clearly did not inherit any resilience to cold. I could hear the sleet spitting onto the roof of the cart. Well, your first problem is your ears are out, he said. Here. He reached into his bag, pulled out a knit cap, and put it on my head. I'd be shivering too if I didn't have a toque on. You gotta prepare yourself. We can't have you too cold out here to do the job. Oh, well, thanks for the toque then, bud, I said and smiled at him. Is that what you think I sound like? Hunter said. That's pretty rich coming from the future cowboy. I sighed a happy sigh. The toque? Took? Hadn't warmed me up all the way, but it did make an appreciable difference. My teeth chattering was subsiding. I looked at Hunter, really tried to consider him. My eye lingered on the scar. The scar he got from 357A an event so cataclysmic that we were still living in the wake of it. Man, Hunter, what happened to us? I asked. What happened to this? What happened to the Mike and Hunter combo from when I first moved out here? Hunter stared straight ahead. 
I could see his breath in the air in front of him as he sat in thought. Do you want to know the answer to that, Mike? Do you really want to know? Or are you just making small talk? Because the answer's different depending on what you want. I kind of wanted both, I think, I said. <sighs> what happened is you, Mike. You happened. The bear, the scar, that night you called from Tier 2, having to rescue you when you got back from the Flinchite compound, everything. You have a reputation, you know. All of us talk to each other about you. The hunters, I mean. We know things that I've never talked to you about. Some really upsetting crap, Mike. Holy hell. And I pretend that I don't know about it because it greases the wheels. But I'm not stupid. Oh, there's our guy. Do you see him? Out that way on the path. He pointed in my direction, past me, into the darkness. I squinted, but I couldn't see. No, I don't see him, but I also don't have night vision, I said. What do we do now? We do our jobs, Mike, Hunter replied. He's out late, we're working the path. Nothing strange to pull him aside and ask him who he is and what he's doing. Sounds like a better plan than most of mine, I said. You're darn tootin' it is. He didn't actually say that, but wasn't it fun? We can pump him for everything, Hunter said. His name, make him prove he works here, where he lives, where he's going. We can even accompany him, so that we know he's not lying. Is this how you normally do your patrol? I asked. Oh, heck no. I smile and wave. But that fella don't know that. For all he knows, I could be like Marissa, he said. Right, so let's do it, I said. And with that, he punched the gas and we sped off to confront the man who was killed by Ty Betteridge. Take it easy. No need to spook him off, Hunter said. I'll take care of the talking. You stay back in the cart. Especially since you don't work here yet, and I don't want him getting wise to our operation. I'll ask him all the boilerplate questions, and we can regroup. Maybe transport back to the hotel and get you warmed up. The accent's not getting better, but it is changing. Sounds good to me, especially that last part, I said. We caught up to the man on the path. Hunter waved him down and got him in the cart's headlights. He got out of the vehicle and approached him. I secretly readied my gun, more prepared for a fight than I think Hunter was. How's it going, bud? Hunter called out across the path. They met up and began to talk. I couldn't hear their conversation from the cart. I could see the heat rising off of them as they spoke. They were facing away from me. I couldn't get a good look at the culprit. First the man pointed at a building, and then Hunter pointed out the same way. Then he and Hunter shook hands, and Hunter returned to the cart. He had a satisfied look on his face. So, how'd it go? I asked. Well, one heck of a name. Says he's called Casimir Berzana, or something like that. Showed me his ID, but I couldn't memorize it. Says he lives over in 90A, which he confirmed by showing me his ID, and that he was going to that building right there. Hunter pointed at the same building that he had pointed to during the conversation. And it looks like he's about to badge in now, so it looks like he's telling the truth. But that's not all, look. Hunter pulled out his phone and pulled up a photo. It was a bit dark and a bit blurry, but it was a photo of our culprit. White, medium height, medium build, short brown hair, brown eyes, just as medium as it gets. Do you recognize him? No, I don't think so, I said. I squinted at the photo, but any recognition that I felt, I dismissed as coincidence. I was too cold to focus. You know who might, he said. Charlie, we said in unison. Of course Charlie would know, I said. But her shift is over, it's too late. Troy's the one at the gate. Hunter put the bass earpiece in his ear. We had been maintaining radio silence until we had something to report. I followed suit. Because Thibodeau 1 had ended with the field participants being separated, and we worried that Hunter and I might get separated, we both had earpieces so that we could both communicate with base. Hey Marissa, Hunter said. Do you copy? Copy, 
she said, sounding bored. Did you find something? Sure did, Hunter said. Is Edgar still up? I think we need someone to run an errand in the present day. I think so. What do you need? She asked. I could hear her call out for him off mic. I just sent him an email with a picture in it. I need Charlie's second opinion on it, Hunter said. I'm here, Edgar said. What's the picture? Oh! Oh! I know what picture it is, because you sent it to me from the time you're in, so I remember getting it. And I thought it might be a virus or sent to the wrong person, so I just never opened it. It's a picture of our guy, I said. Can you take it to her and ask what she knows? Maybe take an earpiece and keep us in the loop? I don't see why not, Edgar said. You're right, it should be in person. We don't know Charlie's device security. But yeah, you guys can come along for the ride. Maybe we can get sent back to the hotel in the meantime? I asked. I'm freezing. It's true, Hunter said. He's going to turn into an icicle if we don't get him inside soon. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Make your way back to the rendezvous point, and in the meantime, I will get ready for contact with Charlie, Edgar said. Then it sounds like we are good to go, I said. The line went quiet. So, contact me after you reach the rendezvous point, and we will get going from there, Edgar said. After the break, Charlie...
Michael, does this feel familiar to you? Why, yes it does, Mike. If you'll remember, we've been here before. That's us in the car in front of Berzina. That's why we're here. No, it feels like something else that I've forgotten. Eyes on the prize, Mikey Bear. Do you remember how this happened last time? Why, yes I do. In a stunning feat of psychopathy, you shot this guy as fast as you could manage. No, I mean before the OK Corral, like what we're doing right now. We're about to start taking a whole bunch of back roads to try and lose him? Mm, Close enough. I know exactly where we're going, and as soon as it's us and him, and us again, I'm gonna make my move. So you're gonna want to hold on tight. These roads can get quite turbulent. Oh, I remember you saying that, actually. You should be writing down all this sage advice, Greenhorn. I ain't gonna be around forever. Oh, yep, yep, I remember this exit. We led him pretty far out into the middle of nowhere, huh? I wouldn't say full wilderness, but pretty far off the beaten path. Let's just hope that our iterations have the good sense to make a run for it, and then we can patch things up here, and they can go deal with Cannonball. And I hate to say this because it's turning into my catchphrase, but what's the plan? Are we going to run him off the road? It's just gonna be like a gentle nudge, and then he'll have to get out and exchange insurance with us. That's the law. Do we even have insurance? What happens if our car gets too damaged to drive away? And what if- Holy shit, Mike. Holy shit. You just shit. leave the plans to me, partner. Well, we're both in the dirt now. Oh my god, I can't believe we're doing this. Alright, quick. Get out. Point your gun at him. Tell him to stay on the ground and not speak. I got my the rest. gun? Michael, I didn't bring my gun. Ugh. You told me we weren't killing anyone. I thought that the whole point of this Ugh. was to- Here. Take mine. The end with the hole in it's the one you point at the other guy. Now let's go. We gotta move. Get on the ground now! Don't speak. I'm gonna need Don't you to move. open up, partner. Don't try anything funny. <laughs> on your knees. I now. apologize for my associate, Brazina. He is new at this and good. not very good Don't at his job. Unless I tell but, you uh, to. I haven't hogtied a person in a long time, so if I start popping stuff out of socket, you gotta tell me, okay? We don't want to hurt you. We just need you for something. See, there you go, partner. We're not gonna hurt you. I bet you're real convinced. Hey, help me get him to the car. I don't think we're stuck in the mud. And You know, you're a lot easier to stuff into a car dead. Mike, take his phone. His phone? You mean, like, out of his pocket? Mike, I know you're a scared little puppy dog in an unforgiven world, but just take his phone, okay? I need you to do this for me. It's not weird until you make it weird. Um, I'm sorry. Michael, what is this for? It's the whole plan, Mike. The phone is the plan? Go through his contacts and find Ty Betteridge. Don't put it on speaker. I want it to be between me and him and not his assassin lackey. Okay, uh, let me see. Contacts. Ty Betteridge. Okay, here it is. Ty! Ty Betteridge. I haven't heard that voice in years. Though I guess it hasn't been years for you, it has been years for me. Yeah, I'm hanging out with your pal Kazimieris Brezina, actually. He's a bit, uh, tied up at the moment, and I was wondering if I could exchange his life for some info. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah, I'm a cowboy now. But what I really want to talk about is you, Ty. I want to talk about the Flinchite Compound and Over and the Arbiters... But if you're not interested, I can always terminate your, I don't know what you call them, we call them corrections team. A little too euphemistic for me. I'm gonna kill your killer is what I'm saying. 
Oh, that's gonna be a no, Ty. I'm gonna need the info before I show up to the apartment with your buddy, okay? And I'm gonna have to propagate that information along with my location, just in case you try anything untoward. So, tell me, Ty, what's your connection to Wobegon? Oh, interesting. Honestly, I wasn't expecting that, so that means that Ryan is... Right, and if he's alive, then where is he? Okay, that's fair, but if you knew all that, then what the fuck did you need me for in the compound? Nah, I think that's fair. Half now, half later, right? We were meeting at Brezina's apartment, I assume. I know you're already there. That works for me. Well, Ty, I'm glad that we came to an agreement, and I just hope that you hold up your end. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you in a few minutes. Alright, bye. Man, it's quiet in here. Should I put some music on? What did he say, Michael? Word through the grapevines he bought the game off Ryan fair and square. And he was operating it while he had us in the flinch-eye compound. The rest of them didn't know, so Berzina's gonna have a field day. But he said it had to do with his ownership of it and Cannonball. He said that Ryan is probably alive, but it's not like he's tracking him. And he said he'll talk more if I give him Berzina, and it's not like I want him. Did it sound like he was telling the truth? It didn't even sound like he minded parting with the information. Well, I guess we'll find out in a minute. Kazimier is my friend. Your life has been spared by the Honorable Ty Betteridge. Now don't worry. You'll get a chance to grovel at his feet here in just a minute. We're heading to your place. So, I know that I'm the professional plan doubter, but it's working. It looks like it's working. I think even with the information just from the phone call, that's a success. Hey, it's not too late to just pop the door open, push this sucker out, go back home, if you think we already succeeded. You know what? No. It's tempting to cash out while we're still ahead, but Ty has so much more to tell us. He hasn't explained what he's doing in Over, he hasn't explained what he was doing in Tier 2 that night, or how he killed a man in cold blood. Well, alright then, partner. If Mike Walters wants answers, we get answers. Hold on tight. Alright, so I just talk into it? Charlie's voice was loud and crushed flat by the earpiece. It was a rudimentary technology that was originally designed with two earpieces in mind. Tonight, all five earpieces were being used at once. Edgar and Charlie at Charlie's cabin, Marissa at base, and Hunter and I in a hotel right outside of Over. Can we get someone to fix the bad signal? I asked. Anne's the only one who has any idea how to do that, and she's off doing her own thing tonight, and she won't be back until tomorrow for her shift, Edgar explained. Oh, you mean Marissa's all alone at base? I asked. Sure am. Finally got some time away from all you fuckwits, Marissa said. Were you able to get warm, Bear? Edgar asked. Yep, I'm all cozy in the hotel with a blanket and some hot cocoa. It's gonna be difficult to convince me to go back out there, I said. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Mikey. Hi, Hunter. Charlie was bright and chipper for someone who had been woken up in the middle of the night by her co-workers. It wasn't surprising that she was like that, but it did feel like an unachievable way to be. Hi, Charlie. Did Edgar show you the picture? I asked. Yeah, he showed me, Charlie said. Of course I remember this guy. You know I always remember a face, but this is different. You know this guy died, right? 
We sure do know that, I replied. In fact, that's one of the only things that we do know. I wasn't working it over yet when he died, and the rest of the gang doesn't remember him. So we were wondering if you could tell us what you know. That is Kazimier Sperzina, she said. Not a name I will soon forget. He lived over on the east side of the residences, but he died near the west side of the residences? That's right, isn't it, Hunter? Hunter is the one who told me about his passing. That sounds right to me, Hunter said. He was a strange man, Charlie continued. Well, you're all strange. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only normal person in the whole valley, no offense. But he was different, just like the rest of you. He left over a lot. Like, enough times that he probably spent more time away from work than he did at work. He did intracomplex mail, I think, getting stuff from Tier 1 and sending it into Tiers 2 and 3. He seemed extremely on edge leading up to when he died. I saw him several times because he was always leaving and entering. I told him that if he ever needed a strong woman to come to his rescue from whatever was hounding him, just say the word. I say that to everyone. I know I've said it to all of you. But he looked me dead in the eye and said, you can't help me. Just like that. He looked like he was already dead. I never learned what happened and I kept my head down, but I saw it coming. I just didn't know what was coming. I'm so sorry, Charlie. That sounds awful, Edgar said. Do you know if he was friends with a man named Ty Betteridge? If by friends you mean scared shitless, then yeah, Charlie said. Ty would leave over right behind him about half the time. Some of you knew Ty, I think. So you know he was very cordial, very professional, very adult, despite being younger than most of us. But I saw him when he left the gate, when he thought that nobody was looking at him. I saw him shift when he was going after Kazimieres. It was like he was hunting his prey. Kazimieres was always looking over his shoulder for Ty. Are you suggesting that Ty killed him? I don't think we can disclose what we think, Edgar said. That means yes, Charlie said. I'm kind, not stupid, thank you. Sorry, Edgar said. <sighs> and then Ty went missing too. They both fell into the same trap, if you ask me, Charlie said. They started meddling instead of keeping their heads down. There's a lot to look at at Over if you can get past me. There's a lot of stuff that isn't covered up. If you go around looking for things you've been told not to look for, you're going to get picked off by somebody. Either Over for digging too far into things that aren't your business, or by the other people who are meddling right alongside you. And who's to say which happened to these two? That's what we're trying to find out, Charlie, I said. You guys are the same way, Charlie said. You're not keeping your heads down. I can't help but notice. Chance and Shadow say that you guys have basically closed yourself off. I know what that means. I don't know what's happening, but I know how it ends up. Ty Betteridge didn't have a funeral. I couldn't go mourn him even if I wanted to. Don't end up like him. For my sake? We won't, Charlie, I promise, Hunter said. It's not something that you can promise, Charlie said. It was the most dour that I had ever heard her. Well, thanks for telling us what you know, Charlie, I said. You don't know how valuable this is to us. Some of what you said was stuff we've been looking for for months, and you just had it in your head. If only we had known the right questions. Yeah, yeah, Marissa said. Can we stop the feelings festival and get on with our night? Don't get me wrong, Charlie. I'm grateful. I love you. But my shift has like a thousand more hours in it. Yeah, we'll get off the line, so hopefully the audio quality improves, Edgar said. 
Hunter and Mikey, are you cool just, like, hanging out for right now? Like, can I leave you alone? I'm craving combos right now for some reason, Marissa said. Combos? Those aren't even food, Marissa, I replied. I know, but I just want to chew on some hard pretzels and sandy salt product, she said. There's hamster food in the cupboard, I said. Very funny. I'm going to run to the gas station real quick, she said. Is that okay? Combos and Mountain Dew for everyone when they get back? Fuck it, I'm down, I said. Hmm, as long as you're fast, Marissa, Edgar said. I don't want a lot of downtime. Sure thing, boss, Marissa said. All right, we're cool to disconnect then, I asked. Yep, Edgar said. Cool, Charlie, thank you so much. You really helped the puzzle come together, I said. Marissa, we'll talk in a bit once we get back to over. Can we just go through the gate this time? It's fucking Troy. Troy still doesn't know who you are, if that's what you mean, Charlie said. That's fine with me, Bear, Edgar said. Love you, Panther, I replied. You're both disgusting, Marissa interjected. All right, bye, everyone, I said. Each of us said our various forms of goodbyes, and we exited the call. Well, that was certainly enlightening, I said. Leave it to Charlie to know something about everyone, Hunter said. So what's the next order of business once we get back to Over, I asked. I say we check out 90A, his cabin. If he's really going to be away for a while, then I think we should take a peek inside, Hunter said. Agreed. It's a date, bud, I said. So I'm going to get real cozy and see what's on cable for a couple hours, and then we can head back when I'm good and warm and rested. I spent two comfortable hours sipping hot cocoa and watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on the hotel television. After the break, we go back into the field. I was hoping I would settle down There's peace to be made Hypothetically and I would settle down The fury in my fingers feels like power on me I was 
was hoping I would settle down Holding their attention feels like power And if you knew me Just wanted to check in. Me and Mike are in the middle of some work and we're taking a piss break, so I thought it would be a good time to call you. Latvia is beautiful. I wish you were here. It's even beautiful when you're in the middle of nowhere taking a leak next to some birch trees. Sometimes it reminds me of when we went up to Glacier before 357A happened. I'm sorry, it's been so long since I've called you, Panther. I've been caught up in my own shit and Mike's struggling a little bit with living out here and I lost track of time. You know how time is. You aren't even in this time with me. It's been a really long time from my perspective since I've heard from you. I'm sorry, that's on me. I, uh, I shot a wild boar a couple months back from my perspective, or last weekend from Mike's perspective. I've been a real cowboy recently. Hey, when you listen to this, can you do me a favor? There's some information that we picked up that I don't want to lose, so if you could propagate it for me. Long story short, we kidnapped a flinchite by the name of Kazimieres Brezina, and we leveraged his life to get some information out of Ty. And I know, you can be mad later. We've got Brezina gagged and hogtied in the car right now. Ty says that he bought Wobegon off of Ryan fair and square, and that he was running the game while he was holding me hostage. The other flinchites don't know that he's running the game, and presumably Ryan is still alive. What his plan was while I was there, I don't know, but it's something to chew on. He said it was important to his mission as it pertains to Cannonball, whatever that means. It occurs to me now that I haven't told you about Brezina either. Brezina is the flinchite that I killed when he attacked us when Mikey was doing his fourth challenge. I used a calculator that you didn't know I had, again, sorry, and I tracked him back to his house. From there, I hitched a ride with him to the flinchite compound. I will text you the coordinates to that. I don't want to lose that either. 
I apologize that I have not been keeping you abreast of my activities, but now you know. I'm sorry, Panther. It's been a struggle recently, and I'm treading water. And I'm almost positive that I'm walking me and Mike right into a trap right now. Either we meet with Ty or we don't, and I think we die. Either way, I don't think that we make it out of here alive. Now, Ty's not the type to take us out in a hail of gunfire, but I don't see the way out. I went to the future, and I don't want to scare you, but when I went to get the boar from the taxidermist, we weren't around anymore. So I just wanted to call and say that I love you, and that I'm sorry I've been so distant recently, and I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. Panther, I love you so much it burns a hole in my chest. I'm sorry for everything. I'll see you on the other side. I love you. Take care of yourself. I won't see you soon, but I'll see you when I see you. I love you, Panther. Goodbye, Edgar. Mike, finish up playing with yourself and get back to the damn car. I'm coming, I'm coming. Ugh, jeez. Hey, it's on you, man. I didn't actually have to go, but it's the last stop, so I thought I would give it a shot. Hey, are you okay? You look like you've been crying. Your eyes are all puffy. It's just the flowers out here that make my eyes puff up. We need to get back on the road. Sure thing, boss. Hey, Brezina. You still alive back there? I'm sorry about all this. You'll be safe and sound and out of our custody in just a few minutes here, okay? I know people say it's nothing personal when they're trying to excuse some evil shit they've done, but it's really nothing personal. We've been sent out to kill people ourselves. In all likelihood, you were going out to fix something because your boss said that it was broken. We've both been there, and honestly, it's fucked how we're just used like a tool. But last time we did this, we killed you, so this is a step up, right? Sort of? I'm glad you're not dead anymore, for the record. Michael here, he's the fastest gun in Latvia, and he shot you down before we could do any diplomacy. Which, I mean, I get. There wasn't any guarantee that there was diplomacy to be done, but I am always glad to reduce our body count even if it's just by one. Do you have anything to add, Michael? I'm sorry. Sorry to Brezina? I'm sorry to you, Mike. S- to me? I spent too much time trying to get you to take care of yourself and not enough time taking care of you. I've said it a hundred times, Michael. I don't need you to take care of me. I'm fine. Incredibly hungover, but ultimately fine. And I'm old enough to take care of myself. You don't have to be strong for me. We can be strong for each other. Well, that's good to hear because I'm not strong at all. Where is this negative talk coming from? You saved Ravi. That was strong. You didn't have to do that. Base was telling you to kill him, and you did what was right instead, and the world is a better place for it. That's strength. You didn't solve all of my problems, but you're not supposed to. I I made... I made everything worse. Everything. Everything? You think you're so important that you could make everything worse? No, you didn't, Michael. 
but I would have died 50 times over if I had been out here alone. If not from assassins like this asshole, sorry, then because I can't handle it out here, I would have fizzled out okay, by Okay, I didn't mean to activate a pep talk. Can we, can we stop? We're, we're almost there. I need to focus. I really don't like how your attitude shifted after we took a pee it break. It was a difficult piss, okay? Have you had your first prostate exam yet? I know you're older than me and I've started Shut to think about it. Shut the fuck up, Mike. Okay, okay, I surrender. You're ornery today, aren't you? I, we're here. I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. I love you. You love me? Is it even okay to say that? What's going on? Hey, Ty, uh, we're here. Are you gonna spill some beans for us or what? No, no. I'm not coming up until I can get a guarantee of safety for me and Mike. You're shaking really hard. No, whatever you you think it means. You're the one that needs to come up with something. Prove to me that we are safe. Michael, what do you think is happening? Yep, we got Brezina with us. He's in the back seat. Hello? Ty? Hello? Did he hang up on you? Ty! We're being set up. Mike, I'm sorry. Run, we need... I was cold again, but this time I was better prepared to handle it. I had Hunter's Took, 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 T-O-Q-U-E, I think is how it's spelled, and a thermos full of hot cocoa. Maybe too much dairy for one night, but I would deal with that later. We walked right past Troy and into Tier 1, no questions asked. That guy really isn't very good at his job. Charlie would have asked me a dozen questions and possibly threatened my life for good measure. We made it back to the rendezvous point at the designated time, but we stayed silent on the line. Marissa seemed tired of talking, so we could break radio silence later, when we actually had information to give her. We didn't need Marissa holding our hands through every step of the process. Hunter and I were grizzled fieldwork professionals. Marissa was only there to write everything down and extract us if there was an emergency. We were back at the patrol cart with Hunter at the wheel again. Our first stop was cabin 90A, to see if our culprit was home yet, and if not, to rifle through his stuff to see if we could figure out what was going on. Charlie had confirmed the large and obvious link to Ty. Still, I had no clue what we could find in the cabin. Arbiter stuff? Flinchite stuff? Tier 3 over stuff? Wobegon stuff? Or something that we don't even know about? Marissa had already given us permission to break into the cabin. I think that we both disagreed with Anne about breaking into Ty's cabin when we had the chance. It was a missed opportunity. It definitely seemed like there was something in there worth looking at. I think that our skittishness cost us. And didn't protect anyone for that matter, we still lost someone. We pulled up to the cabin and Hunter brought the cart to a stop. He turned it off and then just stared at me. It felt like the air had been sucked out from around us. I was suddenly incredibly aware of how cold it was. So, should you pick the lock or should I? Uh, Warning, I'm not very good at it, I said, trying to salvage the mood or at least figure out why it had changed. You really thought you could get away with it, Hunter said. I recognized the look on his face from the day before, the meeting about Project Thibodeau. 
Hunter, you're scaring me. What do you mean? I asked. You thought that you could kill me in the middle of a federal building and no one would find out? You thought we were that stupid? Hunter asked. I was shaking. I sat in stunned silence. It, it no, no, it, it wasn't you. It was Punished Hunter, the, the other, the oldest Hunter. He backed me into a corner, I said. It was me, you dumb fuck, Hunter said. No, 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 I, I get I get that. I'm not trying to make excuses. I. He cut me off. No, Mike. Mike Walters. Look at me. Really look at me. You killed me, you total buffoon. You thought that you could just kill me and traipse off and start your own base for time travel operation. And you thought that we would be fine with that? You're punished, Hunter, I said. Nice to meet you, and I don't appreciate the nickname, he added. You know, we took a vote, the Hunters, and we decided by consensus that I should just kill you tonight while I have the chance. Just one right between the eyes, dump you somewhere that the bears and wolves can get you, the whole shebang, and start on the rest of the mics tomorrow. Hunter had slowly and discreetly removed his gun from its holster and was pressing it gently into my side. So what, Hunter? This is the end? You just kill me out here and that's it? I asked. The end for you, Mike. Or it would be. I was the one dissenting vote. Killing is honestly frustrating and inefficient when it comes to you. How many times have you been killed, Mike? Seven or eight? I think it's actually way more than that, but I'm the wrong person to ask since I don't remember any of those times. I said. I was thinking more like 20 or 30. Then you understand that killing Mike Walters isn't as clean of a solution as it seems, he said. Don't misunderstand. I have a gun pointed at you because it is a solution, if not a perfect one. No sudden movements or this gets painful for you. So what, you're gonna shoot me under the ribs? Cause that's where you're pointing, I said. The gun had slowly been pressed harder and harder into my side. It was starting to hurt. Imagine a gutshot Mike Walters crawling around over, Hunter said. No, it's just insurance. I'm not going to need to use it. You're actually extremely pliable. Okay, I'm pliable. You're right. What do you want? I said. First, he said, pulling out a heretofore unseen walkie-talkie with his free hand and pressing a button on it. This is Lion. Copy. Over. Awaiting signal, sir. Over. A voice responded. This is signal. Winter storm is nearing completion. Commence demolition of Walter's base. Over. Hunter said. Awaiting second signal. Over. The voice said. Second signal is confirmed. Again, commence demolition of the Walter's base. Over. Hunter said. Commencing demolition. Stand by for confirmation. Over. The voice said. I said that I wasn't going to kill you tonight, Mike. I didn't say anything about anyone else, Hunter said. You associate with people who are much easier to kill and keep dead than you. But I wanted to let you see what you've done. What it's all come to. That didn't have to happen. You didn't have to start the chain of events that led to that, but you did, and here we are. I sat in the cart, utterly dumbstruck, mouth agape, my breath escaping into the cold air in visible, hectic bursts a look of complete shock on my face. It sure sounded like I had just got everybody killed. I was too stunned to speak, too stunned to react, to do anything except sit there and look at Hunter. My eyes lingered on the scar on his face, the scar that wasn't there when I met him. Now, get the fuck out of my cart, he said. He raised his foot and kicked me out of the cart. 
his boot striking me in the side where the gun had been. Unable to defend myself, I fell out of the cart and landed on the ground, prone beside it. I could feel the sleet hitting my face. Good, now stay there, Hunter said. By the time I looked up again, the gun had been replaced with a calculator. I didn't know where he had found one. He was entering coordinates. This isn't going to be the last time that I see you, Hunter said. But won't it be nice to have a break? Maybe you can learn to behave yourself. Hunter, I squeaked, but it was too late. Before I could say anything else, I was gone. I felt the familiar discomfort of travel, the head-spinning, disorienting nature of sudden movement through time and space. When the vertigo stopped and the vision cleared, I looked around. I was in a forest surrounded by tall, skinny trees. There were no roads. I couldn't see any signs of civilization in any direction. I didn't have a single clue as to where, or even when, I was. No, I am not taking messages. I have built a machine, I built a machine that pulls the cowardice straight from your mouth. It's out here, it was never found by inexperienced hands digging in. from exposure, you know.
Hi there. I'm the actor that plays Mike Walters. You might recognize me. If you don't recognize me, I have a lot of questions. This season on Wobegon, we've explored many things. What is the nature of information? And when is it worth it? Are cowboys capable of the most pure kind of love there is? And what I've come to talk to you today in this very special episode, should Mike and Michael get a puppy? Since this idea has been introduced on the show, there have been many strong opinions. Nearly all of them in the camp of that, yes, Mike and Michael should have a puppy. Of course, the argument goes that they would love it and feed it and take care of it and please, Dad. And I am here to ask you to please reconsider. Consider this episode, for instance. What if Mike and Michael had a puppy? We don't know what happened to them. We don't know where they went. We don't know if they're alive or dead. Can you imagine a puppy being in this scenario? What would happen to it? Would it live alone in that house? Would it go and live with Boris? Neither of these are satisfactory conditions for a puppy. So next time you're asking yourself, should Mike and Michael get a puppy? Please keep in mind all of these different considerations. And who knows, you just might learn something. <laughs> But seriously though, cowboys are the only ones who are capable of the purest kind of love. I will die on this hill. I'm serious. You're still listening? I'm just trying to pad out the runtime to exactly one hour. I don't know what you're doing here. Go do something. Go buy a cowboy hat and tell him Michael sent you. And if you do, who knows? You just might learn something. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.